Welcome to the Walking in Purpose podcast, where we teach you how to discover your God-ordained purpose for your life and relationships. And I'm your host, Charles Wonsism. Now, let's get after it. Hey fam, it's another lovely day out here in the city of Calgary, Alberta, in Canada. You know, we just had some snow and uh, the rising temperature is causing some slosh uh, from the melting snow on the roads. So you can imagine how how bad the roads are, even at this time. Uh, so how's it been with you guys? Um, hope you are living the dream and uh, keeping the faith. And hey, you know what? I want to thank you for all the words of encouragement, the emails we've received, social, social media messages. You know, we just want to let you know that we appreciate every single of those messages and we thank God for the testimonies coming forth. Um, you know, these are the things that that makes us, uh, you know, feel and believe that indeed God is in this uh, thing with us. So uh, we thank you and we pray that God will continue to shower his blessings on you. Um, and that's a big amen from us to you. All right. So in today's podcast, um, I would like to focus on a topic uh, that gave me some uh, sort of confusion while I was growing up as a Christian. You know, my spiritual work with God wasn't uh, all that straightforward. I had to uh, also learn from my mistakes. So um, I remember when I just gave my life to Christ, uh, you know, I, I gave my life to Christ at the age of 16. And then the following year, I was off to the university. So um, the University of Nigeria, uh, Osuka, actually formed a big chunk of my foundation years as a Christian. And so, you know, I believed in you know engrossing myself uh, in doing church work, you know, as a way to stay out of temptation because, you know, I was just 17. And, um, you know, that helped. You know, I thought uh, doing activity in the church uh, would not only keep me away from temptation, but also uh, help me stay away from friends, and from a life of partying, smoking, and drinking. Well, it did eventually uh, help me to stay off all of these things. Uh, but um, this was the only major reason why I took my church activity very serious. Um, I, I knew little or nothing about um, God, so because I was still a growing Christian. So you can imagine how it was for me at that time. So I was keeping myself busy, in quote. You know, in this meeting, that meeting, and all of that. So, I I, I later found out that, you know, yeah, I was engrossing myself in too much activity, and I was leaving out the more important things, uh, which was to build myself as myself up as a Christian. Uh, so, I was more I was more concerned about keeping busy than really finding a relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, those many activities in the church uh, kept me busy, all right, but other things were suffering in my life. Yes, I was going for meetings, I was cleaning up the church venue, I was going for evangelism, prayer meetings, night vigils, deliverance prayers, leadership meetings, and I can go on and on. You know, with my timetable full, I, I lost out some things you know, about being uh, sociable, especially uh, to unbelievers. I became rigid and following the law of the church above God's laws. I was uh, not approachable because 
I had developed a sense of pride uh, based on the many activities I was able to do for God. And before you know it, I too began to lose fellowship with God as I become more and more engrossed with my many, now note the word, activities uh, for Jesus. It came to a point where I could no longer read my Bible, you know, or have a quality uh, time with God. Why? Uh, that is because I had spent a better part of my day uh, chasing shadows called activities. Um, I placed more priority on activities or works over spiritual realities gotten from a quality personal time with Jesus Christ. As concerning activities and works, Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, from verse 8 to 9, it says, For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith, and not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, not by activity, so that no one can boast. So this brings me to uh, the topic of our podcast today, uh, which I termed uh, Activity versus Spiritual Reality. Okay, I'll take it again. Activity versus spiritual reality. So now, I am not against church activities. But all I'm saying is, you need to find a balance, else you'll suffer. I am using my life as an example because I used to be in that position where I believed engaging actively in activities to the detriment of my spiritual well-being was okay. But no, I know better now. It is not okay. Look at Jesus. He would spend his day ministering to the people. But early in the morning of every day, he will go up to the mountain places to pray. Alone. Jesus was active. You cannot get busier than Jesus. But he would always, always find a time, you know, to disappear and just run off to a solitary place where he can commune with God. Because Jesus understood that activities alone will only make you burn out. Spiritual reality is the very things I believe Christians should be looking out for. So Jesus was active, yes. But he was also able to strike a balance in his ministry that did not make him or his ministry to suffer. Another reason why it is important to find a balance in your service to God is because I see so many Christians engaging so much in doing the work of God, taking care of the flock, but they don't take care of themselves spiritually. For many people, they give and give so much of themselves that they have nothing left of themselves. For others, they engage in church and ministry activity to the detriment of themselves. While for some, because of the many activities they are engaged in, they have lost touch of God. They have lost, you know, what it means to commune, to spend time with God alone in, in your room or at your dining table. These same people will tell you they have not read their Bible all week. They will also tell you they have not prayed in days. All these things are happening because they have chosen activity over spiritual reality. 
Unfortunately, I see a lot of activity in our churches and ministries all in the name of God, but very few spiritual reality. We seem too quick to roll out programs without thinking of the eternal value or relevance that program is in God's agenda of things. For some, they are quick to roll out programs to impress the crowd. They want to let the communities around know that they have arrived. We are more interested in the number of people in attendance than their their salvation. We are interested in filling church coffers with monies than seeking out those who need financial assistance in our churches. These and more are the reasons why I believe that some churches are more prone to activities over spiritual realities that matter. Now, let me break this down. What is spiritual reality? Simply put, spiritual reality is the essence of Jesus himself. Your spiritual reality begins when you get born again. When you are born again, you are born again in the Spirit. When you are reborn into a new life of existence with Jesus, that is when I say, or that is when we say, you are beginning to experience spiritual reality. Now, of course, no man can go back into his mother's womb and be born. You can't go back to your mother's womb and be born again. That is why the essence of the spiritual rebirth is what it means to be a born-again Christian. Now, because you cannot go back into your mother's womb to be born, there is a spiritual rebirth that has to happen. And this happens when you give your life to Jesus Christ. And when you give your life to Jesus, that signifies the beginning of your spiritual reality. And as with all births, there is a process, there's a process of spiritual growth into maturity. Some examples of spiritual realities include healing from sicknesses, raising the dead, faith, miracles, signs and wonders, casting out demons, and giving blind, sorry, giving sight to the blind. So basically, the opposite of spiritual reality is physical reality. And because we live in the physical realm, we all know the realities around us. Sicknesses, deaths, wars, depression, hunger, starvation, and hatred. The opposite of physical reality is spiritual reality. Though not sin, but it is there. It is a reality when Jesus comes and lives inside you. And that changes your mentality, changes the way you think, and changes the way you act. Now, we'll go a little bit deeper. This is just the surface level. Those of us who are in service to God ought to look out for the spiritual realities of everything we do for God. Or are we just pursuing the common things of this life to our spiritual detriment? Do not be engrossed in serving God that you forget to build your prayer altar. Do not be too concerned for things that don't matter. 
when the things that really do matter is right in front of you. I know there are times when it seems like uh, other things may be more pressing than spending time with Jesus. But hold on. Let us look at this story in Luke chapter 10 from verse 38 to 42. And I read it says, As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. Now, no doubt what, she was what? Distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. So she came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. There was an exclamation mark there, so that, that showed frustration. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Now, from the story we just read, we see Martha being distracted by all the preparations that had to be made in the kitchen of life. What are you doing in your kitchen? What are you brewing? What are you cooking? What is that thing that seems so important to you that you prefer all these exhausting activities in the kitchen over the spiritual reality of being with Jesus in the closet of your room, just communing with him, just worshipping him? You see, we are brewing one thing or the other in our various kitchens, preparing for the future. But can you just take a moment and leave all those things? Jesus called them what? Distractions. These distractions kept Martha from listening to Jesus because she was living away in the kitchen. These activities are distracting you and you know it. Now listen, <laughs> I'm sure there is nothing wrong in preparing food for everyone to eat. You know, maybe Martha was just preparing the food because uh, Jesus had come unexpectedly to her home. And she was just wanting to play the good host. I am sure Jesus wouldn't mind eating something before leaving for his next assignment. But listen to what Jesus told her. He said to her, Mary has chosen what is better. Meaning Martha's activities of running around in the kitchen is good. But when it comes to choosing between the activities in your kitchen and spending time with Jesus, God will prefer that you spend time with him. I remember when, <laughs> when the disciples went to buy food, it's somewhere in the Bible. You know, the Bible says he sent them off to buy food, and uh, he met the woman by the well, and after Jesus had, you know, exposed, <laughs> Jesus was able to tell her things that nobody knew in her life. She went into the village to bring all the villagers to come and listen to him. Come and listen to Jesus. And 
the disciples were just returning with food at the very you know, point in time when the villagers were running out to come and meet him. And the disciples asked him, are you not hungry? Will you not eat? And Jesus said, ah, no, leave food. Leave, just leave that food alone. He said, this is my meat. My meat is to do the will of God. So trust me. I know there are times, yeah, the things in the kitchen may be very important. But then, like I said before, when it comes to the activities in your kitchen and spending time with God, the Lord will always prefer you spend time with Him. Every time. He will always choose it every time. So don't let anybody make you feel bad if you have to stay back on a Sunday because you choose to spend time with God than going to church. Don't feel bad if you missed one prayer meeting because you had to iron out issues with Jesus in your room. God is not mad at you. I will say it again. The Lord, God, is not mad at you. And don't worry if your pastor is complaining you haven't been coming to church because God will give them the same response he gave to Martha. Mary has chosen what is better. Will you choose what is better? The activities in your kitchen or the spiritual realities of sitting down at Jesus' feet. Like I said before, God will always prefer having a spiritual reality with you over any activity in this world. So stop jumping up and down in the kitchen when all what God wants you to do is sit down at his feet. If I had known this years ago as a teenager, I would have understood spiritual reality much more earlier. But I guess it's coming. this is coming to somebody today who is feeling burnt out, tired and weary over the activities that you know is not really affecting you positively. You know these activities, they are not in any way building your faith. God wants you to, you know, take a second look at that. So like I said, stop jumping up and down in the kitchen when all what God wants is for you to come and sit at his feet and enjoy his presence. God understands all the preparations you have to make in the kitchen of your life. He knows. But for once, he wants you to take a break from that kitchen. Just like he encouraged Martha. Because just, just, we, we've read it, I'll, I'll say it again. Jesus was telling Martha, Martha. Jesus was saying, Martha, Martha, you worry about too many things. So take a break from that kitchen. You're cooking up so many things. Yeah, cooking is good. My wife, she loves to cook. I appreciate that. But then, don't let the kitchen of your life distract you from focusing on what is more important, which is spending time with Him. You have been in the kitchen of life, making preparations for yourself, for your family, marriage, ministry, for your dream and for your future. God knows how important these things are to you. And despite that, he prefers you come and sit and learn at his feet so that he can help you navigate this life to land that blessing you're actually pursuing. Let's go of all these distractions keeping you in the kitchen. Let's go of that relationship keeping you from leaving that kitchen. Please note that any form of preparation in any kitchen 
keeping you from coming out to sit at Jesus' feet is not for you. It is not for you. Whether it is a church or a pastor or a friend or a family member, whatever it is that is not giving you time to sit at his feet, Jesus calls that distractions. And distractions in the realm of the Spirit does not mix well with the agenda of God's plans for your life. Now, I remember an interesting story of a man who preferred activity over spiritual reality. You know, it is always good to give a scriptural backing of what anybody is talking about. And I found one by the grace of God. Now, this person, this man, kept on going in his activity <laughs> until he came out of that kitchen later in his life. Now, this story shows the dangers of focusing on activities over spiritual reality. Let us read Isaiah chapter 6 from verse 1 to 8. And I read, it says, In the year that King, King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on the throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings, they covered their faces. With two, they covered their feet. And with two, they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorsteps and thresholds shook and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongues from the altar. With it, he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us. And I, Isaiah said, here am I, send me. Very, very interesting. Now, the interesting thing about this story is the fact that Isaiah, that is the man in that picture where we just read, was in his kitchen of ministry from chapter 1 to 5. Now, we read Isaiah chapter 6. But before 6, there was 1 to 5. <laughs> and when you have time, you need to read what went on 1 to 5. This man has started going out in his active mode. Activity from one activity to the other, jumping from one village square to a market square, proclaiming the visions that he saw. Too much engaged in activities until chapter 6, when his spiritual, when his spiritual reality came about. Now, he was in the kitchen of his ministry from chapter 1 to 5, busy going up and down. 
He did not experience spiritual reality until chapter 6. So, this simply means to me, it points to the fact that people go into so much activity looking for a spiritual experience. It also points to the fact that leaders like Prophet, like Prophet Isaiah, the man whom I just read about, can also get distracted, running too many activities in their ministries only to miss the one true spiritual reality needed to boost their ministry. It is sad to say that there are many like Isaiah who run around preaching but lack an encounter with Jesus. And you know because something in their character is failing. Bible calls them sheep in wolves' clothing. I'm going to go a little bit deeper about this mystery. Now, when you read chapter 1 to 5, you see a man doing the work of God, forming activity everywhere he went. He went up and down the city prophesying. But did God send him? He kept up with this charade until his eyes opened up in chapter 6. Please note, Isaiah was gifted in the area of visions and he prophesied. But he was engaging in activities that robbed him of his spiritual experience, of his spiritual reality with God. He was too busy in his kitchen to realize that he wasn't ready for all that activity he was doing all over town. Too busy. Busy be. Just like Martha in the kitchen. Isaiah too was also going that way. His visions were real. And his message was very compelling. You need to read it. But... The sad truth is, God did not send him. So let us imagine, any activity without spiritual reality is futility. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit, that just came. I'm going to repeat it. Any activity without spiritual reality is futility. Nothing. Done. Wasted. Isaiah was going up and down. And it's sad because I see it in our churches. I see it in our ministries. I see it in our programs. You know, for, for, for some of our leaders, the number of programs you do in a year, you know, to them signify success. But God does not count those things as success unless there is spiritual reality involved in such activities. Isaiah was just like that. Very compelling. But God did not send him. It was only in chapter 6 when King Uzziah died that he now shouted, I saw the Lord. Please note that King Uzziah signifies whatever you have refused to let go in that kitchen. It signifies that activity you prefer over spending time with Jesus at his feet. It is a dangerous thing to be carried away with so much activity that you lose the spiritual essence of your calling. I feel like I need to take that again because I believe God is talking to somebody now. It is a dangerous thing 
to be carried away with so much activities in your life, in your church, in your ministry, or in whatever area of your calling, that you lose the spiritual essence of your calling. Isaiah was carried away with the visions he was getting from chapter 1 to 5, when you read that. And he went out to proclaim them, shouting in the villages and market square about the visions he received. But the truth is, God did not send him. Isaiah was not ready yet to go out, but he did anyways, until chapter 6 happened. Now, we all need a chapter 6 in our work with God. Lord, I pray now for a chapter 6 in my life and for the life of every of my listeners today. We all need that chapter, that chapter of our lives where we have gone so far by ourselves and now we're only just waking up to a new chapter of our life but with God at the very center. You know? That moment when we stop whatever we are doing in our kitchens and just enjoy the spiritual reality of Jesus communing with us. For Isaiah, his spiritual experience opened his eyes to see what kind of man he really was. A man of unclean lips. A man that needed to be purged. Now, I did not make that up. Isaiah confessed, actually, while he was in his spiritual experience, he confessed in verse 5 of chapter 6, that is Isaiah chapter 6, verse 5, Isaiah said by himself, he said, I am a man of unclean lips. You can imagine a man running up and down in the name of God from chapter 1 to chapter 5. But yet, he had an issue God wanted to help him with. His unclean lips. So many people running up and down, forming activity for God in the name of God. But God knows that he never sent them. No wonder Jesus said in the last day, many people will come saying in my name, Lord, 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 don't you know me? I heal the sick, I raise the dead. And then the Bible says, just look at them and say, I never knew you. Now, wouldn't that be the most heartbreaking words anybody can hear when you run around for God in this world only at the end to be told by the person you thought you were working for now telling you at the very end, sorry, I do not know you. Isaiah was like that from chapter 1 to chapter 5. And my heart goes out to people who are still running that way, people who are still forming activity, all in the name of God, without a spiritual experience. That is why I believe that this message is coming to you the way it is coming. To help you realize that your activities do, does not in any way mean that God is in it. Your spiritual reality matters to God even more than any activity. So, I can imagine Isaiah was running up and down the name of God. But yet, like I said, he had an issue. He's on clean lips. What issues do you have? 
What is that thing that you know that is keeping you down? That is keeping you in your kitchen? Now, if King Uzziah had not died, Isaiah would not be running around in his, in his kitchen and he would have missed the spiritual experience waiting for him in chapter 6. If he had not died, Isaiah would still be running around. And the good news is, at the end of his divine encounter, God asked, Whom shall I send? And only then did Isaiah said, Here I am, send me. But it all started with the death of Uzziah. My question now is, what activities must you let go from your kitchen to enjoy spiritual realities with Jesus at his feet? Maybe you are what I used to be. That was why I started this episode with my story. When I was 17, my early teens, I was chasing activities over spiritual realities in the hopes that it would keep me away from the bad boys, the bad gangs, from drugs, from alcoholism, from sex. I have been there before, and I must tell you, chasing activities over spiritual realities is a waste of time. Just like Jesus advised Martha, you too need to relax. Let go of all the worries of what is going out in the kitchens and how it will play out for you in this life. God is going to take care of that. All you need to do is come and sit at Jesus' feet and learn from him. Spend quality time in communion with the, kings of, with the king of kings. Prefer him over any activity that may seem, you know, that looks like it is more important. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, I come before you today to ask that you help me choose that which is more important. I want to serve you in spirit and in truth. I want to experience you like never before. And help me to make a commitment to always sit down at your feet and learn from you. Help me not to run off to another church program or to run off to another meeting that that may or may not benefit me. Now, please help me, Lord, and help me to choose what is more important. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I cannot wait to have my wife bring another dynamic word to you next week. Please make sure to tune in and listen, and I am sure you'll be blessed. Thank you. God bless you. And I'm sure this message has blessed you as much as it has blessed me. Please like, subscribe, share, and leave a comment to let me know how you've been blessed by this message. Or if you'd like to email us, you can do so by writing us at info at walkinginpurpose.ca. Also, don't forget to follow our Instagram page, which is at Podcast, and also share with as many as the Holy Spirit leads you to share with. God bless you and I'll see you next week.